This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the true story of a New York City boy with big town hopes and small neighborhood dreams of becoming BFFs with the Real Housewives and other Bravo celebrities. Then, one day, that dream actually came true. Let me take you behind the velvet rope. Hey guys, this is David. Welcome back behind the velvet rope. How are you all doing? Let's just get right into it today because we are joined on this very hot summer day with the one, the only Mr. Tom Felicia. What's happening, David? How are you? How are you doing? I am, I'm great. I'm great. I'm actually, I am up at my lake house in upstate New York, um, escaping the heat of the city. And um, I'm in 90 degree, 93 degrees here right now. I was just on the boat. Um, I will be water skiing this afternoon. I can't wait. And um, that's it. There's some landscaping going on around me. So if my dogs start to bark, that's why they're going bananas. Um, but, uh, but that's it. Where are you? Where are you? Uh, believe it or not, I am in New York City. Oh, good for you. I was there last week. It's like, it's like going to Europe because there's like every restaurant is in the streets with lights and plants and kind of amazing how creative it is right now. What people are doing, being sort of like creative and smart, the ingenuity and like the just sort of, yeah, they're, it's, and they're making it happen. It's fun to see New York kind of come back to life, percolate, and also um, just, you know, everyone's still being very smart about what they're doing. Yeah, they're like, it's strange. Like, at first you're like, what is this? But people are literally eating in the streets. Like, the- Yeah, it's kind of, it, there's something beautiful about it. And look, I mean, obviously there's a lot of, you know, tragedy and sadness that is, um, that's, that's, you know, that's happened and is happening. But it's amazing to see how resilient, you know, New York City always is. You know, it's just incredible. People are so concerned about it. And here it's like, everyone's figuring out a way to make it work make it safe and make it kind of as much, you know, sort of fun as it can be during a situation like this. Do you love being up at your lake house? 
Um, I have to, I've been up here for, I've been up here since March. I had COVID. Um, I had it in New York. Um, I left my office like the first week of March, went home to my apartment uh, on the High Line in New York. And I had, <clears throat> I had COVID. I was quarant I was there in my apartment quarantine and like just um, dealing with COVID for about eight, nine days. And wow. then I better, I was getting better. Then I went up to my lake house with my dogs and then I got pneumonia. And then I did that for like three or four or five days and I, I went on antibiotics and that was very lucky. And I, but anyway, so I've been up here ever since and I had one of my good friends in my guest house. So we would, every night we would work during the day and then every night we would make dinner and drink about 5,000 bottles of wine and talk about life and love and dogs and people and places and business and and we've solved all the problems of the world and um, we have not shared that information with anybody. <laughs> I was gonna say, like, if you've solved all the problems of the world, yeah. like, I mean, please, please do tell me. I yes, mean, I know. We've, we're keeping it very hush hush. <laughs> do you love living in the High Line? I, I live in Chelsea. I saw you did an apartment at Walker Tower, so I live right near yes. Walker Tower. Yes, I did an, yeah, I, I did an apartment, a, a, a duplex in Walker Tower, actually for the developer of Walker Tower, and I'm doing their house now in Amagansett. Uh, my house is also on the High Line. Actually, it was just in El Decor uh, in April, on the April issue. And um, like literally as we were going into quarantine, it's kind of funny. But, um, or not funny, but sad. But anyways, but it was, um, yeah, I really love being on the High Line. I actually use the High Line as like a form of transportation. I, I run on the High Line in the morning. Um, I have a dog park right near my apartment, which is awesome. I... I have a, I, I love my space there. I love the neighborhood. I love the people. I love the restaurants. And I even, you know, as, as bizarre as Hudson Yards is, I, um, I really like having it as like an option that's walkable. And so having all of that is kind of interesting. It's great to, uh, I mean, it's amazing to go over there and just hit all those shops when you need stuff, you know, if you're, but now it's so funny. Now I'm like, so I think, I, I think these last three or four months has really, pushed me over the edge where now it's like I kind of do everything online now so it's like clothing was my last thing I was like I don't know if I can do that and now I'm like everything shows up in a box <laughs> it's like crazy how you get used to it right yeah it is amazing it's totally bizarre but it's yeah I mean I feel like we should have a conversation with like people like Amazon and say like do you have to put like a thousand things of bubble wrap for sweaters <laughs> yeah it's a little strange right yeah, I mean, I feel like, yeah, this can't be good. But so I feel like that's going to have to rethink itself. But the convenience of it is great. Hopefully it'll, it'll, once we have that, that'll be our next problem. Hopefully that will be a problem. You know, that, that would be a good problem to have. Yeah, I didn't even know if like stores were really open again. I haven't really, I've just been doing everything you know, online. I, yeah, me as well. And also it's just, you know, um, you know, when I was in the city, I was uh, focused on, work or reopening the office we're doing a and b days and all that and so i have my you know i have my office and my showroom are opening now and um and yeah but we've been working I, you know my private design clients uh, all residential have been all the residential projects that we're doing all over the u.s and outside of the u.s have been moving and grooming even during covid and we've even taken on three new residential projects during covid Commercial projects are definitely, um, you know, not moving as quickly. Uh, television, uh, things that we were sort of working on in the TV space, 
definitely have uh, slowed down because of production and all of that, but still having meetings and kind of making plans, but you know, the dates keep getting pushed back, but. I mean, I guess so, if everyone's being safe, it's kind of a good time for residential to get things done in mm. a way. Well, or at least at least get the plans going and get things in motion and get things ordered. And then now that upholsters and all those things are in motion again, yeah, those things can move. But in like March, April, May, there was, you know, there was like, no one was really open, but they could still receive uh, orders. And that way, you know, clients were at the front of the line when, when things started to happen again. And, you know, we've been talking to NBC and this could come, you know, all these different networks and E and all everyone about doing, you know, things and, um, you know, and everybody's, um, you know, I just did a call with, uh, I, maybe I shouldn't say the network, but they were just giving us their safety protocol and how they're going to do it in terms of shooting and all of this stuff. So it's really interesting the way everyone is kind of like doing this, um, you know, in I think being really thoughtful about it, certainly in, 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 um, in, in the conversations I'm having. Yeah. Like it's almost like it makes you kind of calm because like no matter what happens, like the world kind of figures out how to keep going. Yeah, I mean, I, look, I think the first thing we have, to, you know, obviously the first thing we have to do is make it so that what's happening is um, something that we can hopefully, you know, control it at some level so that it's not, you know, that it's not a, you know, people are not, you know, being overtaken by it. But, um, and also so that we can conduct some level of business and commerce and entertainment and all of those things. So to kind of keep, keep things going. But, you know, it's interesting to see how, you know, uh, um, as we move forward in this, it's very interesting to see how uh, entrepreneurs and creative professionals and all of these different people are coming up with ways to look at what we're doing. You know what I mean? It's like, I have, you know, I've been doing an Instagram thing every day and like just everybody's kind of acclimating to um, using technology in a way that is helping us move forward and keep things sort of feeling somewhat, you know, connected. I think that's one of the most important things. Communication and connection right now is really important. Totally. Do you have a preference between residential and commercial? Um, you know, I, I, look, I love, I love, I, residential is great because, uh, you know, at certain level, it's kind of a laboratory for a lot of the things that we do because it can be so specific. You know, we're doing, we're doing as, you know, a very modern ski house in, in Yellowstone club. We're doing a, a high Georgian in upstate New York and one, another Georgian in Greenwich, Connecticut. We're doing lofts in Tribeca and Soho and, you know, classic, you know, sort of, uh, you know, um, uh, apartments on the Upper East Side. It, so it's like houses in the Hamptons and shingle style. So you're like working in all of these different, so it's a really great laboratory. I do love having the hotels and the restaurants and all of those. Kind, I, I don't know, I don't know if I could choose one over the other. They all kind of cross pollinate with one another. And, you know, I really, one of the things I really love is we have a home collection called the Tom Felice Home Collection. And we have a lot of licensed product from furniture to uh, wall coverings. And now we're doing lighting and we're doing um, outdoor and we're doing rugs and we're doing um, upholstery, furniture, case goods, um, wall covering, textiles. Uh, I can't even remember it all. But anyway, so we're doing all that kind of stuff. And it's really, I love that process of coming up with the ideas and the concepts and going through the drawings and then 
sort of perfecting them and getting them approved and then seeing things go through construction drawings and then they go into production and then you sit on them and test them and look at them and then it finishes and, and then you show them, you know, then you kind of, and it's right now we're coming up with interesting and new ways to kind of show and, and uh, show the furnitures. Typically we show at markets like High Point and uh, Atlanta and Vegas and uh, Dallas and all of these different markets that we go to. And now we're starting to even, we're going to be going to international markets, but what that looks like, we're not really sure because how that's all going to um, come together, but I know it will continue. It's just, we're all coming up with different in creative and interesting ways to make it work. The wait is over. That's right. Season five of the Kardashians is here. Just when you thought life couldn't get any faster, they're punching it into overdrive. Chris, Courtney, Kim, Chloe, Kendall, and Kylie are back and continue to defy expectations in all their endeavors. So get ready to go behind the glitz and glamour of the most iconic family on television. The all-new season of The Kardashians premieres May 23rd, streaming on Hulu. This summer, the world must answer one question. Why has no one made a popsicle? that gets you high yet. That's right, it's summer, and it's time for you to get your hands on America's new favorite product, Danksicles. 20 milligrams of THC in two great flavors, the latest and greatest innovation from IndiCloud. Is IndiCloud the greatest company to come out of America? Maybe. But what we do know for sure is that IndiCloud is the best way to get dispensary-grade cannabis delivered directly to your door, 100% legally. Yes, they ship legally to all states. No medical card needed. Whether it's vapes as big as your head, flowers you won't find in your mom's garden, or of course, popsicles that get you high as What are you waiting for? Go to indicloud.co slash spring24 and get discreet delivery on top shelf THC products. Head over to indicloud.co slash spring24, that's co, not com, to snag 30% off your first order. But I love the process. It's fun. It's just really, it's a really interesting, and I also have a showroom where we sell our product. And then I have a big showroom. We have a 5,000 square foot showroom in High Point where we show products. So it's, um, and then there's the photography part of it and all that. So it's, 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 it's really cool. And I do love, you know, sort of doing the television stuff kind of like here and there, which is nice because it, it's, we always have fun with that as well. And um, so, yeah, I, I like doing all of these. I don't know if I like one thing the most. It's like, it's like having children or like even someone asked me the other day, like, I have two dogs, Lexi and Lago, and they were saying, which one do you, which one do you like more? And I just, first of all, I thought it was such a bizarre question. And I, I, I mean, really, I was like, I don't know if that says a lot of great things about that individual, but I did say, I said, I, you know, I said, you can't really love one more. I said, they're, they're just like, you know, they have totally different personalities. I said, and, and it's amazing to see them cohabitate together and they're like super besties and, it's fun to see that, you know, and they're so different and they complement one another. And I don't know. So, yeah, so it's kind of, I see them as like children or my puppies or whatever. It's like, I like having all of it. You like doing it all. How long yeah. did you have your actual business before Queer Eye came along? Um, I, so I, I studied interior design in college. I have a degree in interior design. And at the time that was probably like, like very unusual. And, um, and then I worked for, Parrish Hadley, Robert Metzger, Jeffrey, Bill Huber. And then, uh, so I did that for about eight or nine years. And then I opened my company and like, think 
1998 or something like that. It was like 29 or something when I started my companies. Maybe not even. I might have been like 27 or something. But um, yeah, I, I, start, I, I opened my company uh, in Soho and um, had an office with like 10 designers and, uh, in 1998. And we've, uh, it's now, yeah, we celebrated our 20th year of Tom Fleach Incorporated um, this last, uh, this last uh, fall. And wow. um, I've been in the furniture world for 10 years, uh, going on 11 and then furniture and product and all that. And then I've been in um, the showroom kind of business uh, for uh, five going on six years. So yeah, so in Queer Eye was what, like 17 or 18 years ago. So I, you know, was, I, I had my own company for about, I don't know, four or five, four, three, four years before Queer Eye. But I'd been working in that space and I kept my business going the entire time I was shooting Queer Eye. And I was like, you know, I actually, I was, I, I was on Queer Eye because of like, I was in my office building in Soho and I got stuck in an elevator. So I had a dog named Paco at the time. And Paco, I adopted him out in the Hamptons from ARF. And he, um, and he was uh, needing to go out as a Friday in my office in Soho. And he was like, had his legs in a knot and he was like dying to go out. And I was like, wait, 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 I got to finish my work. Wait, 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 wait. And so it was like Friday, it was like 4.30 or 5 o'clock. So we get in the elevator and it's like, the elevator happened to be filled with like a bunch of women coming from like one or two offices on like the 10th floor or something. And we're going down the elevator and the elevator gets stuck. And my dog's like looking at me as his eyes are turning yellow because he has to go to the bathroom so bad. And this woman starts to have a panic attack and she's like freaking out. And so I get her to sit on the ground and she's like, oh my God, you don't understand. You don't understand. It's just like, I have such bad news. And like, she's like, I'm, I'm, I'm totally claustrophobic and I'm panicking right now. And I said, well, I've got real, real bad news because I think my dog's about to take a dump on you. So that's kind of how that started. And we started talking and I was like, you know, we, I was like, oh, the firemen are going to come. Maybe it's the firemen from the, you know, the, from the, uh, the, the calendar. And then I opened <coughs> that we opened the hatch in the roof and it was like clearly not the fireman from the calendar. I'm like, got bad news, everybody. So, and then they took us out of the hatch and we're in the lobby of our office building. This woman's like, like, what do you do? Like, are you a comedian or like, what's your job? I'm like, no, 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 I'm an interior designer. And she goes, Oh, that's so funny. And then like two months later, she called me and she was like, Hey, they're looking for an interior designer that is, that is good on, that has camera experience and that's good on camera. And it's fun and funny. And she was like, I don't know if, you know, so that's how I found out about Queer Eye. Wow. So yeah. That is so funny. My adopted dog, basically, by almost peeing and pooping on someone in an elevator, was basically my agent. <laughs> oh my God, that's so funny. I, I honestly never heard that story. Like, did you have any reservations? Like, and you know, because you were already successful and... Well, I mean, yeah, absolutely. I was like, you know, so... I interviewed, I did an interview or whatever. And I was like, I thought this did not go well. So I didn't think it was going to happen. And it ended up happening. But I, you know, when it first was offered to me, I was like, I called my brother and I called my father and I was like, what do you think I should do this? And, um, and my brother was like, I think it's a cool, you know, it sounds like fun. Like, why not? Like, it's kind of cool. And my dad was like, Oh my God, you're going to lose your business. Like it's a terrible idea. And then, um, and then I talked to people in my industry, like people I've worked for people like, you know, various, you know, people from Paris Hadley and stuff like that. And they said like, you know, they're like, Thomas, I think this is, you know, this is a very bad idea. It's going to ruin your career. And I was like, you know, and I thought about it and I was like, you know, 
I'm like, people ask me to decorate their houses kind of pretty consistently and which is great. And I'm very appreciative of that. Um, but no one ever asked me to do a TV show. So I was like, I feel like this is a one-time shot. Like no one's going to ask me. I'm not going to be like, I'm going to wait till the next time someone asks me to do a TV show. So I was like, you know what? I can always, I said, if this doesn't work out, it kills my career. You know what? I've always wanted to move to Aspen anyways and be a ski instructor. So I figured I'd do that. And I always tell people like my dream job is to be a ski instructor by day and a, like a kettle one spokesperson at night. And so I thought that I like that. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> so I thought this could be my moment if this doesn't work out. And so, yeah, I was, you know, I was really nervous about it. And also I was nervous that like, you know, I had, I had like 12 employees that through the course of, uh, you know, doing Queer Eye for those like five, or, it was like six years really. And um, I think I was down to like 10 people and um, it was very hard to run a business, work on projects. I had to do show houses and I had to publish work in house and garden and El Decor and, you know, and architectural digest. I had to do all of that and be at every event and every awards dinner and every Kips Bay. I had to do a Kips Bay show house and I had to be really, really, I had to sing a little bit louder, dance a little bit longer, you know what I mean? Um, to keep the industry from putting me in the category of a television designer. And I also, um, um, and I, I was able to do that, thankfully, and I was able to keep my business moving forward and even growing. And then at that time, I thought, well, you know, television is one of those things where I'm sure it'll be over soon, every year, you know, of like the first, second year, third year of career. I was like, well, this will be the last year. And it kept going. And then I thought, you know, I have to really figure out a way to like capitalize on this like moment. And so that's when I was like, I really think product and developing product and having a home collection and really developing that is, is a, is a vehicle that would make sense because of having sort of that, you know, kind of household name recognition. And so that was where, you know, I started, I always wanted to do product, but it just kind of moved it up at a much earlier point in my career. And it's something that I really enjoy. I do, you know, you don't know if you're going to love it. You don't know if you're going to enjoy it. You don't know if it's going to fit your personality or if people are going to connect with your product and your, your philosophy and your lifestyle and your point of view. And, um, and if you're even going to be able to connect with the buyers and the designers out there that are interested in what you're doing. So it's been a really, really awesome and amazing, um, you know, journey. I love it. And, and so I, I would say, um, yeah, I mean, I think that uh, it's, it, you know, it made getting interior design projects probably a little bit harder being on Queer Eye because, um, you know, I think people with like a $20 million house in the Hamptons, not everybody's like super excited about their designer being on TV. So that maybe kind of made that a little bit more complicated, but, you know, you just have to like, you know, keep focused and, you know, and kind of and forge ahead. But that makes sense. I mean, I, I could see not everybody liking it, but I could see it helping your business and the product line as well. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And also today, I think that, you know, television has now become such a different medium in terms of we're seeing all different, like, amazing actors that would do movies are now doing television and doing different forms of television whether it's streaming or traditional television and we're also seeing chefs and now you're seeing fashion designers and you're seeing interior design so it's like i think that it's a different you know it's a different space now and people understand it 
in a different, in a, in a better way. So I, I don't think it has, I really think now it just depends on your personality, your aesthetic, your level of professionalism and people sort of, I think it's not as, it's not as difficult. Yeah, it's changed. Like what, yeah. what was Bravo like back then? I mean, like you guys were basically like Bravo, the first reality. Yeah, Bravo was basically a very niche little thing that nobody really knew about. As Carson always says, he thought it was a home cooking spray. But, um, and I think that, you know, there was, a, there was the actor's studio and mm. that was kind of it. And they, I don't even think they had, they had one commercial for De Serrano or something like that. And then when we kind of, that network sort of, you know, we, I think we kind of put it on the map and then it started to move forward. And, you know, and then it was like this cute little mom and pop network. And all of a sudden there were like, everything changed. You know, the network became, there was new network executives and new producer and new this and that. And all of a sudden within like two years, we were like, wow, it's like this little sort of like almost neglected network is now, you know, they're now they're like, we love this network. <laughs> now you have housewives. <laughs> and Yeah. Yeah. And so I think it's, um, you know, it's kind of gone through a whole different thing, but you know, when we were there, our programming was so different than what they're doing now, because um, I think that, you know, we were, you know, ours was a very, ours was, it was a different political climate. And, um, and I, it was a different social and political climate at the time. I mean, and, and things were just starting to percolate in like people being open and people being, you know, I mean, it was like gays on television was not something that was like a thing yet, you know, like real people being really gay was not really happening. And so there was a lot happening at that moment. And I think that, you know, it was very positive. It was very like, it was about pushing people forward and having fun and laughing and like enjoying life in the moment. And, and I think it was because a lot of things politically and socially at that time were still kind of like people were arguing about marriage and all this other stuff. So I think we were kind of a breath of fresh air. And I don't know, I feel like that's maybe and hopefully what we're going to start to see on television again, because first of all, I think that's all, I think it's a better place, but I also think that what's happening sort of politically, socially, you know, environmentally, everything right now, I just think that, you know, seeing people argue about a dog, you know, for three or four, five or six weeks, maybe months, um, is just, it's really, I don't know how that's, that's, I mean, what, or what's happening? <laughs> Is that a, so? You didn't appreciate Doree and Lisa Vanderpump arguing over a dog. Oh my god! Dog. I mean, honestly, not only did I. First of all, I knew Doree before she had an English accent. I swear to you, she I went not, to high school with Doree. She did not have an English accent. She's from like Westchester or something, and she was a swimsuit designer. She was friends with a friend of mine, and she used to come and stay at my lake house. And let me tell you, if she had an accent, it was closer to Long Island than anywhere in the UK, and. She, um, and so I was just amazed. I was, I had to watch the episodes of that because I was doing Watch What Happens Live and it's not my genre. So I don't really know about it. And I was on with Kyle and everyone loves Kyle. So I was super excited to meet her because I thought she was going to be this amazing person and so great. And I watched the episodes and I have to say her husband's like so, like, I love him. He seems like a really great guy and a great dad and he's kind of hunky and I've actually seen him at Aspen with his daughters I've, you know because I'm a big skier but I have to say she was like 
she bought whatever. I mean, I was, I thought, I didn't think she was super savvy because I was just like, I couldn't believe that she bought this story about the dog. The interesting thing about that dog, which I can't even believe I'm talking about it because I couldn't believe how mindless the whole thing was, but Doree and her husband, I think she just wanted that dog because it was like a good storyline. And she got the dog and they don't really want a dog. And so what I found out behind the scenes, which was not talked about on Watch What Happens Live, is that what was, what was posed to me was that, and I don't even want to repeat how it was said because it was, I think one of the tackiest things anyone has ever said to me, but what it was, it was about um, how it was $5,000 to return the dog to the, um, whatever the other one, the, the Vanderpump, Vanderpump. Uh, yeah, Lisa Vanderpump's like, you know, shelter or whatever. And so to avoid the $5,000, that's the real reason that the dog was put where it was put, but no one wanted to talk about that on television. I don't know if that was ever talked about, but I do know in the green room um, behind that, I was told, look, I'm rich, but $5,000 is $5,000. And I was like, we're talking about a dog. We're not talking about a house plan. You know what I mean? And if you sign a contract, just follow the rules, you know? And it's like, and I, you know what? And they all live very excessive lifestyles. And I'm just like, I'm sure $5,000 is a dinner. So just like, just, do the right thing, be an elegant person, step up to the plate and, you know, be real. So I was just kind of like, huh? And the funny thing is someone said to me, I can't believe that you, you know, that, that, um, what was her name? The woman that was on the show with me? Um, was it, it was Kyle? It was Kyle. Yeah. So it was her. They said, I can't believe that she was so like, you know, trying to be kind of difficult about this. And I was like, actually, she was kind of nice about it on camera, but I was like, um, I said, but apparently she was defending Dorit at this time. And in the, after the, I guess the episodes, which I have not watched since, um, I, it was like, I, apparently she kind of figured it out. And that, that, um, that Dorit is, I don't think probably, you know, the most, um, I don't know. I just think she, it probably had some, uh, there was, it wasn't a hundred percent accurate with the information she was getting. The way <laughs> I'm, so not, backstage. I'm not promoting anybody. I'm not promoting anybody or being negative about anybody. I'm just telling you that that poor dog. I mean, I was just like, has anyone even talked about how sad it is that the dog has been returned? I mean, are we like, can we focus on the dog that needs a home for five seconds and not the sadness of the level and the lack of intelligence and compassion and reality that anybody is even talking about here? So it was just, for me, it was just like, oh my God. I literally had to watch the shows each. I had to watch four shows. I had to watch them each like five times because I kept falling asleep and it was like the middle of the day and I'm a high energy person. So I was just like, wow, I don't know how this is like a thing, but God bless it. <laughs> it was a whole season. It was a whole, so wait. I, mean, I can't believe it. I'm like, the fourth, I would think they're still talking about this. And no, no one really was talking about the dog. So backstage, Kyle was, Kyle said to you about that. It was because of the $5,000. Well, I think she just, she was, in, I have to say in Kyle's defense, she was being very support. She was being a good friend to Dory. And she was saying, look, and I, and I think it was just kind of weird to say, you know, I don't love to end when anyone starts a sentence with I'm rich. So, you know, I'm rich, but $5,000 is $5,000. Yeah, but I get that. Like, yeah, but then don't, 
adopt a dog that if you're going to return it, don't sign that contract. Go to the ASPCA because they don't have that deal. You can go to the ASPCA. You know, you have a car, probably a driver. Have them bring you there. So, I, you know, it's just, or, or buy a dog, at a, you know, or at, at a dog store. I, that I don't recommend that, but, you know, it's just, it was just kind of, I think everyone was focused on picking sides. And I just was like, look, as an outsider, I'm just telling you, it's not, what's happening isn't, for the dog is terrible and yeah. I don't I just didn't think it I just felt like it was all everyone had an agenda and to be honest with you I actually think that Kyle was um, being a good friend to somebody that maybe she shouldn't have been and I from what I understand and I don't know this firsthand because I didn't watch any other episodes um I maybe she did you know maybe she did uh maybe she did figure it out because um I think that it was yeah I'm from just watching those four episodes I was like how is nobody seeing that this is like so clearly not there's that didn't feel very honest what was being you know felt like a whole right kind of, felt like smoke and mirrors you know well I mean? the five thousand dollars never came up on tv the five thousand dollars never came up and i look i mean i i'm that's what i recall after six drinks in a green room at a but i mean i think that was the number i think it was exactly five thousand dollars because my, I had two, two or three friends were in my dressing room at the time, and, and they were like, wow. I was like, they're like, that's a lot of money to return a dog. And I said, it is. But, I mean, you know, this, you know, literally, I was like, I mean, look who we're talking about. You know what I mean? Like, this is not, like, these are not, you know, you're adopting a dog. Like, you're signing a contract. It's like, you know, it's like if you buy a Bentley, you know, it's like <laughs> – Seriously, you know, it's like you know that if you're going to change the oil, it's going to be, it's not going to be 300 bucks. <laughs> Seriously, do you think, like, re to that point, like reality TV, you know, like, do you think America's had enough of the housewives and the fighting? I don't, you know, I don't know. I don't know if they have. I mean, I don't, I mean, like, look, I think clearly it's, it's a very successful franchise. It's a, you know, the, the, the women on the shows, my, my ex boyfriend is best friends with Dorinda and, I think, you know, I think they're, you know, she's, uh, I, you know, and I think they all like doing it. I think that their ratings are great. And, um, and I think that there's obviously people are interested in it. I just think that when my instinct is, is that with what's happening in the world and what we're going through right now, I just think that people are going to go to entertainment for different reasons. And so that's my instinct. I'm, you know, with what the little that I know about television and, you know, I, I still dabble in TV. I still do shows here and there because I enjoy doing it. But my business is design, my, you know, product design and all of that. And, um, and that's really my focus. So if you were to ask me a question about that, I could really give you great, great advice and great. But, I, you know, my instinct is being a person that lives, you know, in, 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 in our, you know, in this space, in this time, and hearing what people are talking about, I would imagine that I just don't know if, you know, the news itself is so completely and utterly, you know, conflicted and scary and weird and bizarre and like what's happening um, from whatever perspective you're watching the news from. I don't think it's better from one perspective or the other. Um, but, you know, it's just, it's just a lot to handle. And I just can't imagine that, and not just talking about this one, you know, franchise i just think in general i just think i would imagine yeah. that people are going to want to feel a little bit more positive and uplifted and 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 just and and i do think that that's what what happened when queer eye 
arc where I came out of the gate. I think that's what, why it was so necessary and why it was so interesting to people is that what was happening politically and socially, you know, economically and all of those things coming together, I think that's what happened. That makes sense. Did you hang out? Do you have, do you have a lot of experience hanging out with Dorinda from your ex-boyfriend? Oh yeah, I've hung out, yeah, Dorinda and John. Yeah, they're, they're, yeah, I know them well. Yeah, very well. And yeah, I mean, yeah, <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's it? Nothing else on that? I, yeah, they're- Tom's gonna be like, well, I David, just, could we talk about design again? No, I love Dorinda, she's awesome. She literally, she's a great, she's all, she loves my dog. She's really sweet to my dogs. She's very close with um, some of my friends. Uh, I have like, probably one, two, three, four, five, six friends that, that, you know, that stay at her house and love, and love all, and, and, and my ex-boyfriend is like literally her best friend. And so, um, you know, I think she's wonderful. She's great. I mean, uh, I don't hang out with her still because Greg and I are not together, but I, you know, I, she was always amazing and super fun and she was always a delight. You know, she's, she's full energy. I knew her when she was married to her previous husband who unfortunately passed away and he was an elegant, lovely man. And I also knew her when she was dating John, who was, you know, a very different kind of guy than her husband, which I, he was a lot of fun and kind of like, you know, he was, he was like a night owl, you know, he was like a lot of fun. And so, you know, I think she's, yeah, I think good for her. You know, she's, you know, she, I'm sure she went through a really difficult time, you know, in her life with, you know, the loss of her, your partner, her husband, and, you know, she's, she's a mom and she's got a lot going on. And she's, I think she's, from I've watched a few of her shows because of knowing her and because of Greg. And I have to say, she was always my favorite. And it wasn't just because I knew her. I just felt like she was the one that came across as like the most, um, I don't know, most likable, um, you know, but I actually did. So I, what did I do? I did, um, I did an interview with, um, with the tall one. What's her name? Um, Luann. Yeah, I did an interview with her uh, years ago and her when I was actually I did something I think it was for Plum Television years ago. I did an interview with her in her house in the Hamptons. And she was a hoot net. I mean, and this was before TV. Um, but she's um, yeah, it's it's definitely. Yeah, it's an interesting. It's very. It's it, yeah, there's that's a that's a whole thing in and of itself. I thought the five of us were wacky you know, um, in, when we were doing our show, which we were, by the way. So you guys um, but, great. But they're real wacky, I think. <laughs> what would you <laughs> say, what would you say your design style is? Like if you had to like sum it up, I mean, I've seen your work, but like in your words, like my design style is. Um, I would say my design style is sort of, um, um, I would say it is, uh, I would say it's sophisticated, timely, timeless, uh, very livable, and uh, it's like an American, it's sort of classic American, uh, sophisticated and uh, timeless and timely. I don't know. It's a very hard thing. It's funny, I interview uh, designers a lot, and I, you know, ask them, and it's, I, most designers have a very hard time describing their own aesthetic because I think a lot of people see what I do as being very kind of modern and clean and I see it as being very much rooted in sort of traditional and you know elements but for me I love authenticity and I like it to feel um I like it to be sort of, even when it's sort of high style and very sophisticated and very 
sort of urban. I like it to be um, sort of approachable and comfortable and livable and have an authenticity. I love it to be very personal and tell the story of the people or the, the people, the person or the brand that we're working with. Um, so for me, it's really about um, it being, I don't know, just feeling like it connects. It has to have a sense of place. It has to make sense uh, where it is. And, um, and I don't like when thin, things are thematic or, um, you know, I don't know. I don't like when things are aspirational. I love when it's, it's really about sort of who you are, like who you, where you're from, who you are, where you are right now and where you're going. I don't love when I go into spaces um, and they're it's sort of like, you know, they're, they're, they feel aspirational or pretentious or trying too hard or I just not, that's not my thing. I, I can, I can appreciate the beauty of it, but it's just, I like, and it's sort of the same kind of people I like. I like people that are kind of, you know, down to earth and fun and sophisticated and you can take them anywhere and they always look great, but it seems effortless. And, um, you know, they're, it's just sort of natural and sort of, it feels natural and it feels authentic and it doesn't feel like, you know, there's no, there's no fake accents. <laughs> That makes sense. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. And what I don't love a lot of flash, you know, it's not my thing. I mean, a little bit here and there is kind of fun to give it a sparkle, but too much of it, it seems insecure. That makes sense. So I read on your website that, or somewhere, I read that you, you've worked, I mean, obviously you've worked with a lot of, you know, famous clients. I guess one yeah. of your clients was J-Lo. What was working yeah. with J-Lo like? Um, it was very interesting. You know, this was, a, you know, I worked with her on her house in Long Island when she was married to um, um, uh, Mark Anthony. And, um, and um, you know, I, it was a different, it was a very interesting, first of all, it was a very traditional house. Um, I, she was moving, you know, I went out, you know, I was at her house in LA that was very modern. You know, it was all like kind of white leather and kind of what you would think of J-Lo certainly at that time. and. Um, and um, and then she was moving to like Long Island in a very traditional kind of you know colonial 1920s 1930s probably you know somewhere in that space you know built a house and um, and so we were doing something very different there which was cool and from a design perspective I actually think they were they were um, they were both pretty easy about sort of the design of it um, I think that maybe there was trouble in paradise at that time that I didn't know about, you know, I didn't realize, I don't know, but, um, and I, the, one of the funniest stories I will say that kind of speaks, I think to, to, to JLo is that we were doing, we we're decorating their house for Christmas one year and, um, a Christmas tree I'd ordered from this guy in New York city, who's actually sort of a friend of mine. And, um, and kind of, I'm looking back on it, maybe kind of a dum-dum, but he brought the tree and um it was like real it was must have been like a 15 foot tree and we the tree was put up and the lights were being put on it and you know those trees when they they're in water and the, the base is in water and so the base gets kind of moist you know and like kind of squishy and you're supposed to chop that piece off and maybe a few of the lower branches so that that piece the, the part of the trunk that goes into the stand is really solid I don't think they did that properly. They may not cut up, they didn't cut off enough or maybe any at all. But again, the guy that did it, I think he might be kind of a dodo, a dodo head. Anyway, so he, so the tree, so now the tree's there 
it's in place. The lights are, we're putting, they're putting the lights on and I'm like saying, yeah, the lights look good, whatever. And, and then Jennifer was like coming downstairs and she was working on um, a new, uh, some new music at the time. And she was like, come in the library and listen to the music. And what do you think of it? And I actually was like, wow, this is great. And, um, you know, it was really, I said, I, come see, what do you think? I want you to see the lights before they put the tree, the ornaments on it. And she goes into the, which was like the sunroom of the house. And, <laughs> and she like walks up and she's looking and she's like, oh my God, it looks so perfect. I love it. And literally she's standing there and she's like in this like juicy couture, like sweatsuity kind of shorts and whatever kind of thing that was very popular at the time and like velour. And it was super cute. And all of a sudden I'm like, something's happening and I can't figure out what's going on. And you realize I think the tree's collapsing <laughs> and it's heading for Jennifer and the tree just kind of landed on her and she kind of like, it was happening like in slow motion and she just kind of started laughing and running backwards and like escaping the tree. And then the whole tree collapsed onto the ground and she just stood there and I thought, this could go north or south. Like, what is this going to be like? And she just started laughing and thought it was hilarious. And I did too. And nothing really got damaged because there's nothing in the room at that time, really, at that moment. And um, there was no ornaments on the tree or anything, but it was very funny. So it was, you know, shenanigans like that are always, it, yeah. And it was really nice that she was really funny about it because, um, you know, not every client or person would handle that situation like that. <laughs> that's what I was just going to say. I mean, somehow, first of all, I can picture that whole thing and the juicy yeah. tour and all of that, but that's really... Yeah. Have you ever had, like, to your point, like, a celebrity that's just been like, oh, my God, this person is an absolute nightmare to work with? You know, I'm, I'm, I won't say, I mean, I've worked with, a, I like, you know, I mean, there's, I, I would say, I, you know, I haven't. I can't say that. Because um, working with, you know, um, Tina Fey and Jeff, amazing. They're really great, awesome people, great parents lovely to everyone they work with i mean exactly who you would hope they were um working with like um who else peter jennings in the early days and then he was amazing and then working with um sean hayes and scotty they're incredible um they're amazing and we're even still finishing that now um uh, I, you know i would i'm trying to even think of who else i'm sure there are others i can't even think of right now but um but you know, it's interesting. Um, no, every once in a while, I will say one thing that, and I, no names will be said in it, I, you know, it, it, sometimes people that get a lot of things for free, which celebrities are very often like sent, you know, if, uh, if, if someone comes out with a new vodka, they get 25 cases of it. Or mm -hmm. if, you know, or if someone is like, I have a new like product line, they get like, you know, a lifetime supply of it. So I think sometimes when people get things for free, sometimes when people that get things for free get bills, they're very confused by what those things are. So I will say that that is sometimes the drawback of that space is that, you know, people are like, you know, I've had a, you know, celebrity say to me once, like, well, can't you tell them that the house will be published and they'll get exposure? And I'm like, they're an antique dealer. <laughs> Right. They don't need exposure for like Chippendale <laughs> furniture. Right. 
You know what I mean? People that buy Chippendale furniture, they don't need, they're, they're not looking for like an infomercial for it, you know? So it's just like, it's funny, you know, it's just like sort of, you know, when you take that sort of mindset and apply it to, you know, antiques, it doesn't really make sense. So there, there is that, there's that. There's right. That like, do you find that like where the celebrities, most of them I, do? Because you know, that's. I will say, you know, you never know. It just, and by the way, people are very peculiar. You never know. The greatest client in the world can be the most bizarre and crazy about something that you're like surprised that they're bizarre and crazy about. And, you know, someone can spend $100,000 on their wallpaper in their dining room and then, you know, they can, you know, really have a hard time with, you know, a light fixture in an entrance hall. And you're like, what is happening? You know, you can't even figure it out. So it just, it, there's sometimes no rhyme or reason and you can't apply it to like, you know, the richest clients, the, the entry level client, the middle clients, the celebrity clients. It just, you never know. People are cuckoo brains, all of us and myself included. I think we all are just, you never know when that quirky thing is going to happen and where it's going to come out and what it's going to be applied to. You just don't know. So celebrities always get, celebrities always get sort of vilified because, you know, they're, they have to project themselves like politicians that like, they're so perfect. You know what I mean? It's like, and it's like, if all of a sudden they're getting out of the car without their underwear on or something that everyone else has done at least 20 times, um, I might not be wearing underwear right now. <laughs> well, you are home. <laughs> so you're entitled. Exactly. So, but I'm just saying, you know, it's just like, I do think that, you know, sometimes, and then there are other people that just are, you know, I don't know if they were raised properly or maybe they only made it to a certain level of education or I don't know. I often say that may that I always say that they fall off of a turnip truck. And then one of my friends said, what's a turnip truck? And I go, I have no idea. <laughs> I just assume that's a truck that with a bunch of turnips. <laughs> and you don't want to mention any names of any celebrities that you've had this experience with. Um, I mean, <laughs> I, would think that that would be in bad taste. And I feel like as a person that promotes taste. <laughs> well, fair um, enough. I don't know. I mean, I think you could do the math. <laughs> well, you know, because this, did you know this whole thing that just happened with Bobby Bart? Do you know what I'm talking about? No, Dorinda, I, Dorinda actually got involved. Well, Bobby Burke did some interview where he, literally what we're talking about, where he said one of the New York housewives, basically he was doing a job and she came in and she took all this stuff from the store. And then I guess like a week, two weeks later, or wherever, the showroom, Bobby was like, where is all this stuff? And his employees were like, oh shit. Like we thought, you know, that so-and-so was like, she implied like we're doing a job for her. This was all free. And Bobby's like, this is not free and sent a bill. He wouldn't, he wouldn't name, he like wouldn't name the New York housewife. So, but he, it was clearly a New York housewife and then everyone started speculating. And then Dorinda just did an interview where she was like, basically F off Bobby. Like if you're not going to mention, I mean, it, it wasn't Dorinda, but Dorinda was like, at least mention the name because now everyone's thinking it's everyone. But it literally was about this where Bobby's like, yeah, so some New York housewife came in and took all this stuff. Well, I think that's smart. I think it, look, I think that's, I love Bobby, first of all. He's a, he's a friend, he's a good friend, and I love him. And he's, I think he's also a really good guy. Yeah. You know, he, he really is like, he's, you know, his, his head is screwed on totally 
you know, he's, he's, he's the real deal and he's a great guy. And also that goes back to what I was saying. You know, a lot of times people that get things for free, um, instead of, you know, I look at it this way. Like when you are fortunate enough to live well, travel well, um, and have all of some, or most of the best things that are available to us today, you know, I mean, it's like, I'm sitting here looking at my boat and I'm in my, I'm my second home. And I'm like, you know, I live in New York. It's like, you have all of these things. It doesn't, it isn't for free. And also it's not about respecting just your knowing that, you, you know, it's not about, you have to respect other people and respect their business and respect what they do if you want to be respected. And I think that, um, to be honest with you, and I don't mean this in a mean way, it could have been every single one of them. You know what I mean? Like they're all the type of people that I think could, could maneuver and pull that off. I think they could each and every one of them could and would do that at some level. Um, I think it's a real, I think it was very, it was a smart and elegant way for Bobby to say, look, I'm not going to say who did it, but I'm going to call you out on it. Let the girls figure it out. And then have, hopefully the other housewives will have heard that person send it back. And it's up to that person to get on and say, Hey, you know what? I did do that. I thought it was for free. It was a mistake. And if not one of them, you know, comes to, to that's their, that's, they need to work that out with themselves. That's not Bobby's job. Bobby's job is just to say, look, I'm not, I'm not a, you know, this isn't, this isn't a hobby. This is a business and I have to pay my employees and my rent and I have to purchase this stuff and I'm not giving it. And if I'm going to give it to somebody, I will give it to somebody that deserves it and that needs it. Not somebody who feels entitled to it and already probably has six of them. You know what I mean? And is just kind of looking at it as like, I'm spoiled and I'm entitled and I should have more of what I want even when I don't need it. So I think that was, I think he chose the high, high road. And I don't think that it's fair that Dorinda, you know, called him out on it in the way that she did. I, I kind of get what Dorinda's, Dorinda was smart because basically what she's saying is, it's not me. <laughs> so that was her way of saying like, look, it's not me. So you can narrow it down to the other girls and let them figure it out. I mean, if every one of the girls gets on, I mean, then I guess they could all do it and you never know who did it. But I, you know, I just think elegant people do elegant things and tacky people do tacky things. So you just, you know, it's like, and it's like, is it a surprise? <laughs> totally. I mean, I would never, I was, I'll be honest with you. I will, I, you know, I've, I've been asked to do homes for people on television shows uh, and, per, and that, that franchise in particular, more than one, by the way. And um, I sent over a contract and it, it just stopped, you know, both times, you know what I mean? Because the minute they see the contract that every client signs who lives in their neighborhood and has a second home in the town where they have a second home, they sign the contract and send a check over and get the project moving. They, when you send them, you know, it's a very easy way to deal with people. You know, it's like all, especially that kind of demographic, you just say, Oh, sure. I'd love to do that. If you send them the stuff without a bill or send them a, the stuff and then a bill, I don't think that's the right way to do it. I think the right way to do it is, oh my God, I will deliver this stuff for free, but give me your credit card and we'll deliver it for free. You got to give them something. You know what I mean? You have to be, you got to play to them a little bit. We'll deliver it for free. But, you know, 
the, you know, the, the items themselves, or you could even give them a discount or you could do something. Like there's a reason that you can, but you know, and, and by the way, when people give me things for free like that, and I, I'm given things like that because of what I do and because of that, you know, what, what I've done in television, people will give me things for free and, and I'll say, they'll say, Oh, here, just take it. Just take, I'm like, absolutely not. No, no, no. Cause I don't believe anything is for free. I just think you've got to pay for it one way or the other. And I look at it as like when you buy things and you pay for them, even if you get a great deal on it or, you know, or something like that, but when you buy it and you own it and it's yours, it's yours and you own it. And then you value it differently and you use it differently. And you, when you give it to somebody, when you're done with it, it has more meaning. It has, it's a real thing when it's just a bunch of free stuff. It's just like, it's just, it's not, I don't think, I don't, I don't think it, I don't think it helps anybody. It certainly doesn't help the, the vendor and it doesn't certainly help the person that doesn't need any more shit. <laughs> that makes certainly. sense. Wait, and, and you, and you sent over contracts to, for design projects to Real Housewives of New York and that's where it stopped? They just didn't sign the contract? Well, yeah, it just, it, you know, it just, you, well, it's like, it's not that you want it to stop, you know, it, I'm not, it wasn't just New York, but, but the thing is that it was, it was, it wasn't, that you wanted it to stop. It's just like, this will either stop it or it will be the indication that it's real. You know what I mean? Like, like if a client says, Hey, I am doing a project in Aspen and you're like, great. I'd love, you know, we really want you to see it. Okay. And when can you come out? If they want you to come out and fly yourself there and put yourself up in a hotel to see their house, that's not a real project. You don't go. Right. You know what I mean? It's just like, if they don't have their secretary or their person or their friend, whatever, wife or cousin or husband or whoever, call you and say, this, you know, we're, we're going to pick you up at this time. You're going to get there. You're staying at the little Nell, whatever. This is what's happening. It's not a real project because you're going to get there. And then the next thing that's going to be like, well, you know, we don't want to do every room and, you know, we want to reuse most of our furniture and you're just like, wait, what's happening? You know what I mean? So right. I think it's always best to start with a professional situation and just say like, Hey, you know, I mean, look, if, if Bobby's people that worked for him that day said, can we take a credit card? I guarantee you whoever that New York housewife was would have left with either nothing or just one thing not a bunch of shit you know what i mean that that and now and try to get that stuff back and when you do it's all scratched dented broken there's like six instead of 12 pieces you know you're like what yeah and you know what i mean it's just like i always just you know good people do good things did you ever were <laughs> you did you want to be part of the new series i mean i know like no. did you get no no you know why i mean it's just it's not my it's not what I, you know what I mean? It's like, for me, what I do, like the show that I just did with Carson, um, which was a very complicated show for us to shoot because it was so many different moving parts. Um, but it was a show about design. And right. so for me, I really want to do shows about, I want to do things about design. And, um, and when I can do those, I like to do them. Uh, I don't want to do shows about drama and yelling and screaming and, and and stuff like that by the way it's not that i don't think it's entertaining for people that think it's entertaining i get it but it's just not my brand you know what i mean it's like not what i do so it's not that's not kind of my that wouldn't be the right vehicle for me but 
it's not to discredit what they're doing at any level. It's just like that they're, you know what I mean? It's like, if there was, um, you know, if, 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 uh, you know, if, if a design centric brand were to come to me and say, Hey, we'd love to do an episode with you, or we'd love to do, uh, a, you know, like a small product, you know what I mean? That made sense for it. I'd be like, yeah, let's do it. It'll be fun. So I'm not, and it doesn't need to be, it can be entry level, it can be medium, it can be high end. I'm not opposed to any of that. It's just, it's certainly not coming from a place of snobbery. It's coming from a place of, it's coming from a place of like, just what makes sense for what I do for a living. You know what I mean? So that's why I choose the things that I choose. Hello? Hello? Oh, hi. That's Hey, hi. How are you? Uh-oh. So today we've had landscaping. Now the girls are here to tidy up. So we are, we're, things are happening at the house. Thursday's always a big day for me. <laughs> Listen, you have like a full house there. You're yeah. outside New York. So I mean, yeah. it's, although it's apparently as warm there. Yeah. What about, what, what was Andy Cohn like back in the early days of Bravo? It's funny, you know, he's kind of always had that like, you know, very funny kind of like, um, He's always kind of been the same, I think. I think he has not, really hasn't changed at all. I think he's kept very true to who he is, his personality. He's kind of quirky and funny, and um, he's, uh, yeah, I think he's, I mean, I, you know, he seems, you know, I've done his radio show, I've done his talk show. Um, I see him at a lot, I just saw him right before the pandemic, I saw him at a fashion show, believe it or not, you know, I can't believe that, like, that was even a thing now that we're living this way. Seriously. Um, so, you know, he's always really nice and he's very like, you know, he's kind of like, kind of got this work. Like, hey, 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 hey. They're happy to see you. Go, go say hello. Go say hello. Um, but yeah, he's always doing his kind of quirky stuff. Come here, Lava. Lava, come here. Come here. Come here. Come here. Shh. Come here. All right. Be good. Sorry about that. Oh, it's okay. Um, so um, he's always been, I don't know, he's always been kind of fun and, you know, I, you know he's been the same guy. I, you know, I, when he was our, I'm not even sure what his title was back in the day, but he was like a producer, co-producer, some executive, I don't know what he was, to be honest with you. There were so many people that I don't know. And he was there like maybe our last two years. And I think, you know, I think he was part of the new group that came in. And, um, and I think that they were kind of, I think they were not as interested in Queer Eye because it wasn't their baby, you know, they kind of inherited it. So he was always great with us, but I think they were focused on what they were focused on and what they needed to do and wanted to do to make their stamp on the network, which totally makes sense. Um, but he was always great to work with and he was always fun. And um, yeah, whenever he was actually one of our favorite, he's one of our favorite people when we would travel and stuff and he was with us, he was, he was always like, you know, team player, you know? That's good. And, and, but but I, he's kind of always been doing what he does now, which is kind of like, you know, ask questions, you know, connect the dots, see what everybody's doing. Um, I think that, yeah, I think, I think he's, he's even kind of looked the same. He hasn't really aged very much, you know? He's like, kind of looks the same that he did, I think, or maybe I'm just, maybe I have cataracts. I don't know, but I think he's like, he looks the same to me, you know, but. Uh, and he well, really you is, look the same, basically. I, yeah, I mean, I, I hope, I mean, <laughs> I hope I don't look too different, but yeah, I mean, I feel like we all, the, we've all matured, but you know, there's one thing, I, you know, some people kind of mature and some people just look vastly different. 
So but he's one of those people that just kind of matured. Um, and he's fun. He's always been a fun guy. Um, but I can, you know, he's a little, I mean, he's good at stirring the pot, you know, and kind of getting people to kind of like divulge information. You know, yes. I like he would always ask us like, what do you guys do when you guys travel? Like, who's the most fun or like, what? you know, he'd always ask us questions like that or like, who's the night owl? And it was like, you know, he would always ask those kind of questions. So he was, he was, I think part was he's, he's a little bit of an, you know, he's like a reporter, you know, he's got that sort of journalistic kind of, you know, mind. Do you keep in touch with all the other guys? I mean, Carson, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I keep, yeah, I was actually just, I just sent in, yeah, it, uh, in uh, a text to Bobby actually today. We were talking about something about, uh, you know, just sort of business stuff. And, um, and so I talked to Bobby. I talked to Carson. I'm going to talk to Carson tomorrow. Um, I talked to Ted. I, yeah, I talked to all the guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the only one that I really talked to of any consistency would be Bobby of the new guys. But that I mean, makes it makes sense. sense to do that. We're in the same space. We've known each other prior to him being on television because he was already, you know, at high point and doing what he does. And yeah. What do you want to do next with your career? Um, like well, something you haven't done. Um, I mean, I'm really excited about designing a yacht. That's one of the things I really want to do. Um, I love being on the water. I love boats. Um, so that's one thing that I'm like excited about doing from a design perspective. I'm really excited about um, doing my lighting and my uh, new rug collection and our outdoor collection of fabrics and furniture. Um, so that's really exciting to me. Um, I'm really excited. We're, I'm doing, I can't really talk too much about it, but I'm doing something with all five of the guys uh, from Queer Eye that we're excited about that, a TV uh, sort of, thing that we're working on and um and then i'm also excited about there are some other projects that are kind of developing um that are um you know that, that'll be fun for for streaming and tv and um podcasts so there's a lot of things that we're kind of working on it's just hard because you know for me it's like just having the product business and developing all of that and then my office and we were I have 20 people in my office in New York and then I have my showrooms and I'm trying to have a life I'm trying to date I'm trying to take care of my dogs I'm trying to drink myself to death you know so I've got a lot on my plate <laughs> drinking yourself to death is just fine is is vodka do you prefer vodka or wine now, you know I wish there was one that I liked the most but I would say I, I would probably say at a bar, I gravitate to tequila and vodka. Uh, I love wine of every varietal, uh, almost kind of, you know, as long as it's a good quality wine or, or, or done well. Um, so uh, I don't know. I love wine. And um, I mean, you know, I, I, yeah, I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm not, I'm booze friendly. I was just going to say, you're like equal opportunity, which there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong yeah, with yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, and certainly during this sort of pandemic moment, it was like, you know, cocktail hour was like a celebration of, I'm not sure what, but it was certainly a celebration. It was just like a celebration. It was like, get me through so, this. Yeah, What's going to yeah. happen? Yeah, it was actually. And we would, I would do nights where we wouldn't, we had like Monday and Tuesday, we wouldn't drink. And that was kind of like, kind of like a nice little break. I was working out virtually with a trainer Wednesdays and Saturdays um, in my guest house. I made like a little gym with a, you know, iPad and he would, he would 
it was a real person. So that was kind of fun. And then, um, I don't know, now they're, bar oh, the landscapers now. <laughs> okay, stop. They're moved, they're, I could see a tree go by. Um, and the housekeepers are, yeah, I think everybody, there's a lot of movement. You would think my dogs would be like over it by now, but they just, they're every, just like something's they going on. Every Thursday. Yeah, I know it's kind of funny. But, um, but yeah, so, um, yeah, so I mean, I'm, I don't know. That's kind of where, yeah, that's, that's kind of where I'm at. That's what good. about you? What, what, what would I like to do next with my career? Or yeah, what just... like, I mean, I, I don't know. I just feel like what's next. I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like, I mean, I feel like I've done so many things that I've wanted to do or right. I, I've actually done. That's not true. I've done the things that I've wanted to do. I've done a million things I never thought I ever would do. And now I'm kind of like trying to decide on how to do things that are best for me and the things that I like to do and also having a life. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like right now, I think the thing I'm most excited about is being able to um, kind of curate what is the right thing to do and the most interesting professional, you know, professionally um, thing to do. And also the things that afford me the time to actually spend time with my dogs and actually live in my house and actually go on a date and not think like, uh, I got to get out, you know, I got to get up, I got to get up early because I got to do this and I got to do this. And I'm going to be on a plane tomorrow. I mean, I was in New York city in January for in my apartment in January for three days. And then in February, I think I was in my apartment in New York for maybe the total of five or six days. So I was just on an airplane I believe it. all over. And I think that's how I was introduced to, you know, to COVID in, in that, in that, in that sort of, in all of that movement. But, um, and I hadn't been to my house at that point since I think November. So, I mean, like, that's like, I look back on that and I think, how was I doing that? And why did I think that that was okay? Yeah. And, and I realized, yeah. And so I think, I think moving forward, it's just like, I, you know, when projects come to me, it's like, I'm super excited about it. I think it'll be fun. Let's do it. Um, you know, we just did one of the things that we just did. It was super fun. was we did celebrity family feud. It was the old queer eye against the new queer eye. And that was really actually a lot of fun. Like that was one of those things where I was like, I, I never thought I would be on that set, you know? Yeah. And it was fun. And it was just a really great, it was just great energy, great fun. It was like something, you know, it was easy, but it was hilarious. And um, so I love doing things like that, where you kind of like, it's like, I thought I would never do this and I'm doing it and it's really awesome. So that's kind of like, you know, and also just like right now, I'm excited about, you know, it's like every time I'm also doing a door hardware line. So I'm like, every time I open and close a cabinet or a door of a car or, or of a house or, a cabinet anything i'm like i look at it i study it i'm photographing it i'm thinking about it so it's like it gets me really excited you know those things i just yeah i like i like having the diversity of things like that are you one of those people who like just loves what you do so like you have a hard time saying no to projects because they all sound interesting um i mean i'm that way yes, in my work I so i think i am i'm definitely a yes man i definitely people say like oh will you do my you know, whatever, 
talk show, will you do this? Or will you, uh, we'd love you to design a table for this auction or whatever. And I'm like, okay, yeah, sure. That sounds design a surfboard for, you know, you know, cancer foundation, whatever it is. I'm like, yes, I'll do it. And then my office is always like, okay, wait, what's happening? What are we doing? You know, so we're, yeah, I mean, I definitely, um, I definitely like, I'm very social. I like to do things. I like to, I like to, um, oh yeah, I love to be involved and I love, I like what I do and I like the diversity of ways that I can do it. So yeah, I mean, for me, each one of the different mediums that I work in, whether it's product or residential design or commercial design or any type of media television kind of thing like that, it, I'm realizing it just, it's getting tighter and tighter as to what, what it is. Cause I really want it to be tied to what I do. And the other thing is it has to be fun because I like to have fun and I have to laugh and I have to be kind of goofy and be able to be myself. And then also it has, I, right now I'm like, I, if I get bad vibes from somebody, I just can't do it. You know what I mean? Like that's kind of where I'm at. Like, I'm just like, it just, the days are not long enough to spend time with people that just make you feel creeped out. <laughs> that's happened like where you've gone for a project and you're like, this could be a great project, but this person just seems like we're not going to get along. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I have to say in the defense of those people that you think you're not going to like every once in a while, someone you don't think you're going to like, you fall in love with, they're the best client. They become your best friend. You have so much fun with them. So with that, I would also say you have to also be fair and keep it, you keep, you know, keep your aperture open so that you're, you're not falling into that. You don't want to become sort of a snob at any level because I find pretentious behavior to be really just a very, 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 very uh, just unappealing. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. Well, you're also lucky that you're at the point in your career, you know, where you could turn things down. Yeah, I mean, look, busy. I think, I think, you know, I think having, um, the ability to, you know, look, you can't, you don't have some, when you're starting out, you know, you, you're, 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 you're excited about so many opportunities because, you know, you, you kind of, you want, you're trying to figure out your path, you know what I mean? So having all of these different opportunities kind of helps you hone in on what it is you feel comfortable doing and what you want to do. I think as you get more seasoned, you know, the, the, the ideas that you kind of like focus on the things that make sense for your sensibility or personality um and what feels like natural you know that makes sense what else and do, do you feel like we've covered everything anything else you would like to discuss here today um i don't know i think we yeah i mean i feel like we touched on all of it i mean i feel like um yeah i think i don't know i can't think of anything else can you? <laughs> I like to give people, well, I mean, you know, no, I mean, I think we talked about everything. I mean, we talked about Queer Eye, your business, you're busy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah I just said uh, dating is about the only thing we haven't talked about in that. Is yeah. What's, what's going dating on with your dating COVID? life? Dating during it's, COVID. Very it's strange. interesting, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, six uh, I kind of just gave it off. Six feet away. Very, very bizarre. First of all, you know what I mean? You can, it is weird when you, you know, you're meeting people and you're like, you can't really, yeah, it's funny. Yeah. I mean, it's, have you been going out on dates like throughout COVID? Um, yeah, I've gone on a few. I have. 
and they're it's fun i mean it's interesting it's definitely kind of hilarious i mean you definitely have to be like you you know when you people would say oh he was to die for like literally these people have to be to die for <laughs> kind or it's just of. not worth it <laughs> kind of you know you have to be willing to say he's to die for or you know because <laughs> it's a <laughs> whole yeah. yeah and i mean like now you know you have to kind of have that discussion too like have you social distance what yeah. have you done yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that a dry way. cough or are you just happy to see me? <laughs> well, no, it's true. Like you cough now in public and you're like, oh my God, like it really, that was yeah. just a cough. Yeah. You're like, it was pepper, I swear. So you <laughs> have to. Salad, I swear to God. <laughs> at least you're making an effort. I kind of just, I mean, like now it's different because we're kind of, you know, not locked down yeah. as much anymore, yeah. at least in this part of the country. Yeah, yeah. It's certainly in in New York State, I think it's, you know, it's getting, you know, there's certain regions. I mean, up here where I am in Skinny Atlas, uh, it is, you know, we're 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 able to move around a little bit more freely, even though people are still taking it very seriously and restaurants are outside and all that. But um but it is yeah, but I mean, you know, you can you you're starting people are starting to, you know, take calculated risks. Yeah. I think I that may include dating. <laughs> I feel that's how New York is now, too. People are taking calculated risks. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I mean, look, you know, it's like, and also, I, I mean, I have the antibodies, so I feel like, you know, that I, I, I put that into my calculation, you know, but I still try to make very, very, very safe and smart decisions. Not only for myself, but for other people, because I don't want to become a vehicle for, I mean, I don't know if I can, maybe maybe with the antibodies, I, I keep telling people, look, maybe with antibodies you have the ability to, um, you know, have COVID again and maybe not have the symptoms. So you have to be careful that you're not passing along. Totally. But, well, thank you. This has been awesome. You have been amazing. Where can everyone so, find you online? Uh, you can find me at uh, Instagram. Uh, my, um, it's just Tom Felicia, T-H-O-M-F-I-L-I-C-I-A, all eyes, and an H and Tom. Uh, and, uh, so I'm Tom Felicia on Instagram and I am, uh, Tom at Tom, uh, let's see, uh, Tom, uh, Tom Felicia Incorporated is my company. Sedgwick and Brattle is my showroom. So sedgwickandbrattle.com. Tom Felicia Inc. is my, uh, design company. Um, everyone and, needs to follow uh, you. Yeah. And the Tom Felicia home collection, uh, is, uh, and Sedgwick and Brattle is where you can find a lot of my products in uh, my showroom and furniture and all of our stuff. I love it. You've been awesome. I really appreciate this. You must keep in touch. Thank you for your time. Thank you. Thanks, David. Good to talk. Bye. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Me too. Bye. Thanks for listening to yet another episode of Behind the Velvet Rope. Because without you listeners, I would just be a crazy person with voices in my head. And if you like what you hear... Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe on Apple Podcasts under Behind the Velvet Rope. And when you're done subscribing, feel free to leave a five-star write-up review because the write-up reviews actually count. We read each and every one of them. We post the best ones and the reviews really help our shows keep going. And we really appreciate everything you guys say, especially the positive ones. And if you want to find us online, we're at Behind Velvet Rope 
on Instagram. We are at David Yontef on Instagram. We're behind The Velvet Rope on Apple Podcasts. Or head on over to Patreon, because you know what? There are just some things we can't talk about here. So for our bonus episodes, go to Patreon and type in Behind the Velvet Rope. And if you still aren't sick of me and you want more David, go to Cameo and book me on Cameo. And you can ask me anything there. I'll answer whatever you want. And I have a bargain basement price of $10. Thank you guys. See you soon.